Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. So, hi and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. Um, and today, a new guest, and a joy for me, actually, someone in the UK. So um, we're in the uh, we're in the same time zone. <laughs> we're talking at a, a, a really sensible time of the day. And my guest today is Sanjeev Lumba. Hi, Sanjeev. How are you? Russell, great to meet you. Thank you. I'm fine. I'm well. <laughs> and where are you in the world? I'm in London. I'm in ah, London. Yeah. All roads lead to London. <laughs> at home. <laughs> for a down in down down the town, as we say. <laughs> well, town rather than tune, I guess. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's very different now. That's a very much an in joke. <laughs> well, it's a delight to talk to you today, and we've had a bit of a little bit of time chatting. So um, I know we'll have to uh, stay 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 focused today to make sure that yep. we produce some interesting conversations. So tell me a little bit about what it is that you do, who you are, what's your background. Tell me a bit um, about yourself. Yeah, Russell. So, you know, classic, uh, trained to be an accountant, did an MBA, uh, two MBAs, and then was uh, disillusioned by the world because I didn't like the way that that business was being done. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And I remember at the age of 21, as uh, as a junior auditor, I used to end up spending more time speaking to my clients to say, look, there's a new market you can go for here. Look, you can do you can do a, a new product here, etc. And and my my managers used to get very upset with me because they used to say, Sanjeev, here's the red pen, here's the blue pen, tick and bash invoices. That's what we're paid to do. So that disillusionment was my biggest help. And I named my company. I got this taste. I, I think I had a disease which I call potentialitis. Um, <laughs> And I, it's, I just saw potential walking around, whether it was market potential, strategic potential, people potential, whatever it was, process potential. And 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 I named my company uh, at that time, which is which became the real potential. So so the day I qualified, I quit. Literally, the day I qualified, I quit. I, I don't know if you wanted a little bit of a history, but that's fine. We're having it. It's fascinating. Keep going. <laughs> so the day I qualified, I quit. Uh, literally, I mean, I didn't wait around for my practicing certificate and moved uh, and and did my MBA because, and then I went into industry because I had a very clear uh, objective and 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 thought uh, pattern to say that I have no right to stand in front of anyone and yeah. speak to them about strategy or leadership or or the mind or or you know or, or engaging with your market or whatever it is, unless and until I've had 
the humbleness of the opportunity to be able to have done it myself. So, so I went into industry, and that became my my real university. So, as finance director, marketing director, strategy director, CEO of different corporations, different countries, different industries, and this was designed to be able to get that kind of exposure and uh, and experience, and be able to bring about those kind of changes. Yeah. So that's what I did, and then you know, at the at I was CEO of a of a of a big IT company. I doubled we doubled it in size within two years. Took it to about five and a half thousand people, um, and then at that moment, and I was in this was in Paris. Uh, the company was all across Europe, uh, but I quit, and people thought that I was absolutely nuts. Um, you know, I was uh, just short of forty. And and I said that that's it. It's uh, I've, uh, I'm I, I'm now ready to take this out. And and during those years was born what uh, my method, which I call valuepreneurship. And um, it's the uh, it's just it's doing the same work. It's just looking at the world in a very different in, in, from at at 180 degrees to the way that an entrepreneur sees it. Yeah. Um, and we can talk talk about that more later. But then. Since the last um, uh, 20, 25 years, that's what I've been doing is working with loads of organizations and individuals to to coach them, develop them, uh, develop their strategies. And, and you know, that's Johnson & Johnson or, or or small restaurant groups, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, literally across the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's kind of been my journey. And, and now, of course, with the book, I want to get this message out. Okay, so you give me a lot to to pick at there. So that's lovely. Thank you. Um, so, so I'm very interested by that phrase you used there, which was uh, something I, I strongly think we're going to have a lot of the next 20 minutes spend a lot of time agreeing with each other. So I'm trying to find <laughs> something we can debate, really. Um, but I like what you said there about it's how you look at the world. I think um, difference comes from perspective and looking at the world is, is important and I like what you're saying there's a lot of speakers and trainers and consultants who have never run anything and they're they're talking from theory or they've read the latest management fad which is fine but so tell me about how you develop that that ability to look at the world differently uh, the notion of so uh, we were we were built and constructed this may sound a little cliched but as human beings we were built with talents and and we have our education our talents our capabilities our, our creativity our innovation our thought patterns and whatever we are doing the problem is this we get over engaged in all of that stuff we get over engaged in what we are doing and we miss what we are bringing right it's the it's the end impact so let me give you an example. And again, you know, all the examples and uh, uh, I, 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 I'm conscious also of time, but tons and tons. I, I'll give you an example of this. I was uh, invited uh, in in India, in Pune, um, to one of the biggest car seat manufacturers in, uh, in, in a- certainly in Asia. And they said to me, Sanjeev, can you help us uh, re-strategize? We've got... Uh, uh, we 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 need we're not on the we're just veering off the path. The market is changing, etc., and something is not quite right. So I went there for a three day session with the top executives. And the first day, Russell, I walked in at nine o'clock. I had these twelve senior uh, executive members of the board um, of the executive board, and and I said, guys, what business are you in? Mm. 
And they said to me, and they looked at me very strangely, and they said, well, hold on, which part of we took you around two plants yesterday that you didn't quite get? You know, And so someone eventually put their hand up and said, well, Sanjeev, I think, well, well all right, let's humor this guy. He's come 5,000 miles. Okay, we're in the business of making car seats, making and selling car seats. I said, oh, really? And I yawned, and I yawned. And 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 I said, okay. Has anyone bought a car recently? I mean, I'm I'm really rushing this to, but to, to cut a long story short. And he and someone said, yes, I bought a car recently. I said, I want you to give me blow by blow the detail of the process and the, the everything you did when you went to buy a car. So he said, I went to the showroom. And I said, then what happened? He said, I went looked at the cars that were there. And then I said, then he said, I like the one I, I I thought we should get. I went up. Then I said, then what? He said, I opened the door. And I said, then what? He said, then I put my hand on the on the seat and I said how did it feel he said hmm felt good and I said then he said then I sat in the car and I said describe that and he said wow the smell of a new car that new leather and so on mm. now I said we're getting somewhere then the question comes why did you buy this car mm. oh uh well because uh, I've got two young kids 10 and 12 and uh, we love to to take them and discover historical sites Ajanta, Laura, this kind of stuff. And these are long drives. And, and so we want something comfortable. I said, all right, now describe what's the, the the issues there. So he goes into saying that my two kids in the back, one wants to watch cartoon movies, one wants to watch actions, and then it's a big hassle. And it's again, 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 all the way. I said, okay, and, and what about you and your wife? Oh, yeah, she she mostly sits in the passenger seat. And she's she complains because the back hurts. And I said, you, you said, yeah, I want the air conditioning to be very chilled and she does, etc." Mm. I said, now, let's see. What if you had a car seat in the back where in the, in, in the, on the television screen, you've got individual settings and in the headrest for your son and daughter, you've got uh, uh, headsets that come down. So one can watch action movies. And what if you have a massager in the in the passenger seat and what if your seat is chilled and this was a few years back i mean i yeah. i can Common nicely say side. that all of these things now exist in my car i, yeah, I exactly. they existed then yeah. and 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 you will not believe this they were writing notes i see you've got to be kidding me you're one of the biggest the most <laughs> car seat manufacturers of of, of asia and this is the first time that you're thinking at this level. Now, cut a long story short, the whole organization, I mean, like down to the operatives or even the, the, the ad administrative secretaries, and so, were then we worked on converting their thinking that whatever they're doing, even if they're writing a report, they start by thinking, what is the impact on this, on whom, in which way is it going to help, which set of customers? That's the only, the value of the end people, the customers or whoever that we serve is the, is, is the only point that links us all and drives us and sets our purpose. Yeah. And the productivity went shooting up, you know? It's, I'm not saying anything new, no. <laughs> but what yeah. I am but it's, it's the ability to say it and it's the ability it is the ability to say it but the other thing russell is that the 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 uh, the absolute technique and step by step method to be able to make it happen that's yeah. that is what what valuepreneurship now is obviously uh, bringing in so yeah. yes so so that's interesting so you're talking so you, again I, I can't disagree with the word you said but you you're linking this idea of value with potential as well, because it's that seeing that opportunity, which is a an old NLP coding idea. 
And um, but what you're bringing is fresh perspective. You're asking difficult questions. You know, you're bringing that full consultant toolkit. Um, but where did you get that mindset from? Where do you think that arrived from in, in yourself? Because it's not genetic, is it? Something about you has developed over the course of time. I just wonder if that's replicable, replicate, copyable by other people. Yeah, it's a beautiful question, actually. I'll tell you where it comes from. When I was, um, my corporate career that I, I mentioned uh, earlier on was in two major industries. The first one was uh, in, in, um, in, in, in car parts, in bearings. Uh, it was mm. the second biggest bearing company of the world. Um, and the second my uh, second industry that I, I I worked in was was in IT. I'm neither an engineer nor uh, an IT specialist, mm. uh, and I was so I was heading up business economics for for the the, the car uh, for the bearing company, and then I went went to CEO for the IT company. Not having the knowledge of the and the detailed knowledge of the product yeah. allowed me. To, to see this from the other perspective. I think that must, A, that must have been the trigger, but I think there are more triggers that I, I go back to my, my childhood. I mean, there's crazy stories. My father was a doctor and there's crazy stories in India where he was a surgeon and he's, he's operating with one hand and blood has run out to the patient. So blood is going from one arm to the patient. And he's, so this incredible um, obsession of looking at it from not what I'm doing, but what I'm impacting, and that's the value thing, yeah. has was has been with me from from childhood. But I realized it in my corporate career, and yeah. I was very excited about it. I mean, the day that I quit, people thought that I was absolutely nuts. Yeah, you know, in my thirties, running a five thousand man company in my thirties. Yeah. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? You either have specialists or you have generalists. Uh, in life, I mean, it's a very broad, very dangerous assumption, but it's it's one of those things, you know, you're an accountant, you're a brilliant accountant, you really become the top accountant. But you get these specialist generalists, don't you? I think people like ourselves are like that. You know, we know two or three percent about everything. And that breeds perspective, doesn't it? And it's yeah. that perspective of being able to stand back and look. I mean, the fact that you've got economics in your background, accounting, you've got all those different things brings a perspective that means you're never going to be the best at anything, which is a good thing because that allows you to make these discontinuating link leaps or links between sort of different subject areas. So I think that's a way that people can, I think we often get locked into our sort of functional areas, don't we? And it yeah. used to be the thing in large organizations when people were forced to travel around organizations and learn different sort of functional areas. And yep. I wonder if that's, I wonder if that, that's dying, died to death, and has actually gets in the way of our potential. Well, that's actually it's a beautiful insight. So perspectives is the word you used, and and that I think it's it's all about that. I mean, add to that, it, what what is the 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 personification, if you like, of of perspective is context. So when you when you put things into uh, the context, and and you have something that you are. Uh, that you are serving, you're reaching out to, then suddenly your perspective changes. Is it lost? No, I think it is. Um, it is alive ever more, and 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 difficulties like like COVID, and then the the the, the Ukraine or the, the 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 difficulties we're going through economically right now, is pushing that context even more. People don't buy products and services anymore. They buy what the if only things which are going to impact their value and and they're becoming more aware of their 
value. So the market is becoming a lot more aware of the of the value. Yeah. And the more that the market becomes more aware of its value, the more sadly um, business people, organizations and so on are being pushed into themselves, into thinking, because they're becoming defensive rather than offensive. And I love the word that you have in your, which is resilience. We're losing resilience because we're starting to. So this this separation between value and, uh, and what we do and what we bring is I think is becoming ever more present, and that is why yeah. the 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 message of valuepreneurship needs to come out. That actually, yeah. my argument is: look at this. Um, who would you rather buy from? Someone who's trying to sell you stuff, yeah. or someone who's just oblivious to themselves yeah. and is is obsessed and drenched. In you, your value and and what and value by value, I don't mean added value. Added value is a bribe. That, that we've got to close that down, shut that down, folks. It's it's added value. Value in itself is is much much bigger than that. Value is genuinely understanding the the impact of the changes on the lives, on the businesses, etc. Of anyone who we are serving, yes. and then and only then. Uh, developing responses to impact that value, whether you sell or not. And then you, but here's the question, who will you buy from? The person who's obsessed with you, your value, understanding it, and then developing ways to serve it, or Mm. the person who is flogging you stuff and trying to win your deal. It's a no-brainer. It's it's a fascinating subject, one I actually like a lot, because actually you're talking about the difference here between tangible value and perceived value. Yeah. And, and of course, actually, it's that switch to perceived value, which is really important, isn't it? It's that what does someone actually value? You know, not that thing that you produce for 10 years, that little knobbly switch that no one values and just gets in the way. But you think it's important. It's interesting. I had um, one of the big power companies on telling me all sorts of things that I should or should and shouldn't be doing today. They're credit controlling me because my bill was a day late. Can you believe that? They've got the time and energy to credit control people that are day late. And um, and I was saying, so what's the value in this call? You know, why why are you wasting my time? And then they have to read from a script, because right. actually it's about covering the backsides, and they have yeah. to stress that it's confirmed and it's recorded and it's. And I'm thinking, you've spent 15 minutes of my life, yeah, yeah, listening to the fact that you did that. I'm one day late in a call. And I just got back from holiday, which is the reason I'm one day late, and the reason that. And it's like, just listen to me. Just listen to what I need to say. But I think a lot of process and risk drives out that idea. Now, yep. I'm, I'm ve- I love words, and uh, any portmanteau word's great. So value promotion, I, <laughs> I can see the value. I can see entrepreneurship. I can see put the two things together. Um, so tell me a little bit about the concept of value per- valuepreneurship. Valuepreneurship is from inside you um, that um, that joy of saying, I am, look, my my talent, my skills, my knowledge, my education, my products, my services, what I've, you know, I'm going to take this at a kind of even higher level, then bring it back to transactional level. And that is that none of this belongs to me. It's, it's you know, it's it's been my good fortune along the way to have, have uh, uh, you know, I'm not getting evangelical about this, but it's it's become uh, it's it's now part of of what I'm uh, the resources and the tools that I have. Mm. It it's worth nothing. It is your education, your your skills, your talent is worth zilch. Yeah. 
the only thing that matters, and I, it, it's very, very interesting if we talk about legacy. Uh, I'll come back to that in a second. The only thing that matters is how I was able to use it to make what impact on whom. Yes. And, and there is, when people talk about purpose and when they talk about the joy of work, the joy of work does not come from, uh, from plying your trade. The joy of work comes from seeing the impact that it's made. Right. Yes. Uh, so, so th this, this, is, and and here's the other thing. This is this is not just some philosophical lecture and moral lecture on, yeah. on this, Russell. Think but about this. If we exactly, if we go back to this now at a transactional level, and if I ask you the same question again, that who will you buy from? The guy who is the person who is obsessed with making an impact and understanding the the the, the changes that are going around you, or from the person who's trying to sell you their wares. And you will say, of course, the, the first guy. Mm. And who will you argue more on pricing with? Mm. Uh, the, the second guy. Mm. So who's going to become wealthier in any case? So as it happens, valuepreneurs will become much, much more wealthier. But that the spirit inside goes from the me to the you. The day that we can wipe out the me, my resilience goes up. And the joy of delivery of, of work. I mean, I you know, there's examples which are bursting out of my mind. It's just about how much time you have <laughs> that, that I want to uh, be well, able to. What's interesting is you're linking back to the things you said earlier. So what you're saying is valuepreneurship is about the people who see the possibility, in a sense. And the other people are the people that see the necessity. So they buy from pain. And and a, and a lot of marketing is about pain points. And actually, I, I agree with you. It's actually about opportunity points. It's about, oh, I could do this rather than I must I must avoid that. Uh, because that's the groom side of business, isn't it? You know, I, I, I need to defend myself from my customers rather than saying I need to actually, uh, you know, enhance someone's life today so they'll pay me more money because it will be, uh, you know, a pain-free exchange. Yeah. And I think I think we've got too much into the idea of pain and too far away from your idea, which is the opportunity of the value that you bring. It's the deal that we have in the organization, isn't it? What what value do you need in your career and how yes. will this organization deliver that and how will we work together to deliver it for both of us? Yeah. No, and I don't absolutely. think we have that conversation though. No, we don't. And we don't have it in organizations. And again, no. it goes back to what you were saying earlier on that we lose, we've lost perspective. And we become functionally siloed. So what happens then? The pro problem with functional silos, and the problem with why do we get into functional silos? Why don't we see it from the other way around? Why are we seeing it from inside out? Is is because um, we train, we become experts in today's day and age. Everyone, as you said, is an expert in something. Um, but then what happens is we start uh, to become reliant on that expertise. Yeah, and. And we, we become defensive about it. And therefore, we close walls down. You know, I had a, a finance director and a marketing director coming to blows last week, uh, literally. Uh, <laughs> you know, one guy is saying, the marketing director is saying, I need to recruit 25 more maintenance engineers. And the finance director is saying, no way. And and and, and you're, why? Because each of them, and neither of them is wrong. One is protecting the organization. One is wanting to grow the organization. What's wrong with that? But there is no common perspective. Until I intervened and I said, guys, let me just understand why 25 more maintenance engineers. Yeah. And we go into a, a, a very clear indication of uh, it's it's a it's a medical device, it's a cardiology machine, etc. And he's saying that, well, for, for in for German hospitals, it's not an issue because they have a spare one lying around. For you know, it's a half a million 
uh, euros, that's no problem. But for private cardiology clinics in France, this is huge. And you, they're losing money because they can't treat patients. It, 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 cut a long story short. So suddenly I, I asked, well, if you went out into the, into the uh, market in France with 25 extra maintenance engineers, he said, yeah, I can bring the, the solving of when a machine goes wrong from nine hours to two hours. And that converts into money and it converts into the joy of being able to treat the patients and, and not have them hanging around with, with nasty conditions. And, and, and suddenly yeah, that yeah. 25 salaries turns into 6 million euros. Yeah. And then you turn to the finance director. So the answer was always in collaboration. It's always in the value yeah. of the end market. But we've got to think that way. We've got to change our culture to think yeah. that. And that comes back to the point again you've made, which is, it's about saying wages as an investment, not as a cost. Oh, beautiful. You know, because that's one of the problems here. You know, why not 30 engineers? Because if you haven't calculated the the actual benefit, and managers are very poor at stats. And I often think um, our conventional um, education is a problem here, and often because of accounting. So people are poor at numbers often. They're, they're quite efficient at accounting, but they're okay at finance, but they're very poor at statistics. And I would encourage any line manager out there to go and learn statistics because yeah. it's, a, it's actually the thing that brings economics together with accounting. And it allows you to have a conversation which shows the value. People don't know how to calculate return on investment. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I like you go and talk to the senior leaderships and say, what's the IRA and the, IRA, the ROI on that decision? And they'll say, I have no idea because you can't calculate it. I say, what if you could? Oh, yeah. I'd love to. Well, right, let's show you how. <laughs> oh, well, why are you doing this? Well, it's because you've never calculated the value. So you've obviously encapsulated all these ideas into a book, which is great. So so um, tell me what's in the book and who, who you aimed it for in the first place. Um, I, the, the book is in, in all its, um, it became a bit too too big. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's 550 pages, much against the the advice of my um, of my publisher who said, let's do it in two volumes. I'll tell you what's in the book. I'll answer I'm not answering your question. I, I'm conscious just for a second. And uh, I was sitting on in Crete on a beach finishing the book off about a year and a half ago. And, and my publisher said, Sanjeev, it's too big. Let's put it into two volumes. And I said, how do you want to split it? And he said that uh, I I think it's the material is superb. Why don't we do? Um, uh, you got all the philosophy and the thinking and understanding of valuepreneurship, and then you've got the hard method and step by step technique. So there's the split. Let's do volume one and one. And I thought, okay, fine. And, and of course, there was a commercial logic to it. And next morning, I woke up, and and I said, I, I called him, and I said, no, 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 Andrew. Um, it I, it's not sitting right with me. I, I have no right to say to anyone, do this without saying this is wow. exactly how you need to do it. Exactly. So it's okay. Now, the, to, to take your question, it's called the ninth gear. It's called the ninth gear. The method is, is valuepreneurship. Um, but the, the book is called the ninth gear. And it's in five sections. If I quickly tell you what they are, uh, it, it that kind of dis describes what the and what it is and who it's for. The this first section, all in all its 110 pages of, of, of glorious um understanding of what is value. So there I actually it, first of all established the culture of value, not only the culture of value, the understanding of value, what value isn't. It's not moral values I'm talking about, it's not value added. And then and then actually gives you models to be able to work out value. Um, then the second section is 
all about strategy and whether you are a, a CEO or an entrepreneur or frankly a musician or a sportsman. Um, it, 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 it doesn't matter. Any for everyone, what is your approach or strategy? Of course, I've written it, that section, more from the point of view of a corporate and, and given examples of, of corporations that I've, I've transformed the tra strategy of step-by-step -step guide, but it applies to absolutely everyone. Then the third section is fine. We've set up the, the culture of value. We've understood that. Here, I've given you the method of strategically and, 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 and organizationally making it happen um, step by step and planning your, your work as well. Now, is your mind in the right place? Are you resilient, to use your word? Are you, are you confident? Are you resilient? Are you in fear? Are you sitting in front of your, your, your customers like a beggar saying, I wish I get the, the contract? Or are you there as a leader saying, I have, like you said about the ROI, are you saying to your management that my, please, please, dear management, please invest in this project. It's a great project. Or, or are you saying this, this project delivers an, an IRR of, of 46%? And we know that, that our, our tolerance limit is, is 25%. And then would you like it? So you're in now a position of leadership. The, the project hasn't changed. So it's getting the mind to be in the right place and, and resilient and, and calm and strong and available. That's the other. Section four then talks about the leader. And I'm arguing that what is tomorrow's leader? Is it 50 habits? Is it seven habits? And I'm not, I'm not bringing down anyone's work. You know, all good work is being done. To me, there is only one habit. And that's it. But uh, of of the and what is the shape of the new? Is it even a person, the new leader, or is it an uh, a, 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 a total way of of engaging with the world and, and a philosophy? But but as a leader, what is your? How do you develop that magnetism? How do you develop the respect? And and how do you become admired, adored, and so on? Then section five, Russell, which is the final one, takes you into the realm of unifying people unification relationships uh and and that because if there's one single problem in the world today the scourge of the earth is disunity mm. um that, that with everywhere you see whether it's within an organization within a small cafe or in at uh, country levels it, it's just disunity so how do you bring unity and how do you bring collaboration, cooperation, build excellent relationships? So it follows that whole flow. Now, who is it for? Absolutely everyone who is engaged or wants to engage in any kind of professional pursuit, be they the CEO of an organization, be they the president of the United States of America, or um, a, a musician, a sportsman, or, or a handicraft person, or a small tradesperson you know, sitting on the corner selling selling their wares. It, it's for absolutely everyone. Yeah, uh, and um, I'd be just be as you were chatting. I because um, I've got an idea in my head, um, mm -hmm. but as I was chatting, I just went and bought the book on Amazon. And, that's just um, kind of you. That's right. That's no kindness at all. Because uh, I have a, a method in my madness. But I just noticed forty-one outrageously good view um, um, reviews. Thank you. I mean, four um, and five stars. So let me just put that on record because actually a lot of people. 
have books where they they're either marmite because either people love them or hate them, which is fine. Um, but yours is you know a complete wave of you know they've got a brilliant marketing marketing team or <laughs> you've written something that's very good. So I'm going to have a look at that. But what I'd like to do if I can, I can propose this, and I've done yeah. this with other people, is mm-hmm. I'd like to sit down, and read the book, and then maybe reconvene and actually maybe dig into a few of the chapters because I like a lot of what you said. It mm-hmm. chimes in with what, and I, but I think I can offer better audio, um, value to my audience by maybe um, sort of exploring a few bits in a bit more depth, if you'd be interested in that. Oh, it would be a joy for me. It, it's, it has been wonderful to speak to you D- during our, our session, but and, and also before it, uh, having our chat. It's It's been, uh, I think you and I are very, very aligned. So you're right that very often you want podcasts to be a little bit controversial, but uh, I, think, I think we happen to be aligned. Yeah. I, I want to share this with, with incredible modesty and humbleness uh, and gratitude, actually. I, I want to say this. And, you know, I'm speaking on this stuff and, and helping organizations of people, whatever it is around the world, different organizations, different industries, different countries. Fortunately, and again, I, I'm saying this with, with consciously and highlighting any ego aspect, but I'm saying it just to share. I don't get... I never get anyone who refutes the the the, the idea. I just because it, it's it's compelling. I mean, I, I I guess the things that I've been you and I have been sharing. It's it's actually difficult to say. I'm not saying anything new. This is none of this is yeah. mine. I think this is this is human nature. It is, Everyone think, wants to buy with integrity. <laughs> yeah, and I think you, you know you fall into that category of there's two categories I think of, which are that either structured common sense or enlightened common sense, and I think you you've fallen into that second category. And Thank I you. think um, people who are able to have common sense are the the people who, who appeal to the widest audience because actually it's. <laughs> It's that perspective and content which I like. But we're getting to the second episode, so let's not do that. Okay, all right. But, okay. Um, it's been a joy to talk to you. The, uh, the book, remind, me, remind us what the book is called, where we find it. It's called The Ninth Gear, uh, uh, spelled N-I-N-T-H, The Ninth Gear, or, or you can search it by Sanjeev Lumba. And it's on Amazon. It's uh, Waterstones and various other places, in Barnes & Noble or wherever. Um, and uh, do you have a website people can have a look at and investigate yeah. about your work? Yeah, it's very simply valuepreneurship.com. That's it. Very good. And I and I see by your website you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter. Yeah. And yeah. um Twitter man. But I'm uh, mostly <laughs> I'm mostly on LinkedIn actually. At, yeah. uh, I, I'll be honest with you. That's that the other the other places that my social media people are wanting me to to climb yeah. on, but uh, the LinkedIn is is my prime. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Well, it's been an absolute joy to chat, and um, I'd really, as I say, let's let's reconvene um, a few months down the line. Uh, give me a chance to read the book and pick some notes out of it, and and let's see where we can take this. And um, who knows, you might be on your second book by then, so we can. <laughs> that would be that would be good to talk about as well. But it's been an absolute joy. Um, I guess it's been Sanjeev Lumba, as he said, um, valuepreneurship.com. And the book is The Ninth Gear, available in all good online and offline bookshops near you. How's that? Sanjeev, it's been an absolute joy to talk to you today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Russell. You've been a joy for me. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed, and if you are in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. 
If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.